What happens when you stop seeing people? What happens when you stop seeing people behind bars as criminals and start seeing them as human beings? Welcome to Sentences: Storytellers Beyond Bars, the podcast where we explore the impact of the criminal justice system in our communities. We might have to do those intros again. Sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so again, my name is Alfred, and uh, this is my first episode without Jose and Lizette, so it might be a little weird, but um, I do have a special guest co-host for today, and I'll let her introduce herself. She might sound a little familiar, so hopefully uh, you recognize her. Here you go. Hello, everyone. This is Lili Gonzalez, and you may remember me from the previous podcast where we talked about revolutionary scholars. Revolutionary Scholars is an um, on-campus student organization started by two formerly incarcerated students. One of them is myself and the other is Johnny Sifra. Um, and the purpose of the space is to support formerly incarcerated and systems impacted students in their navigating higher education and creating um, those type of pathways and support. So hi. Nice. Okay. Um, so I guess we could start with the check-in real quick. I, I don't know if you want to go first or do you want me to go first? <laughs> I'll go first. Okay. Um, so it's been a while. Actually, not that long. We were here maybe two weeks ago. We recorded. Um, we recorded with just me and Jose. We read a piece, and uh, I feel like I don't know. I'm just why am I summarizing? Uh, I don't know. We're good. I'm good. I am looking for another uh, a way to figure out like what to do next, career wise. I just graduated, right? But I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do. But so that hasn't changed. And yeah, I guess this is a very long way of saying nothing is new. There's nothing exciting going on in my life, Lily. Um, how about you? There is also nothing exciting going on in my life. Um, I'm supposed to be working on my thesis theoretical framework over the summer. Um, I haven't done that. Um, I am supposed to be saying no to taking on more things, but that hasn't happened. I've said yes. Um, and one of those things that I said yes to was um, I was reached somebody by the name of Jason Her- um, Hernandez reached out to me who was um, the first Latino that what whose sentence was commuted under President Obama he reached out to me about the case of um, David Diaz and asked if I wanted to help and um, just to give a brief summary David Diaz um, has served over 19 years on a 37 year to 37 to life sentence um, it is a wrongful conviction the victim in the case has um, always maintained that um, David is not the person who shot him and um, David has also maintained his innocence and um, and just looking at some of the documentation um, the gentleman Gilberto that's the name of the victim was shot in the leg and um, there, the sentence for that was nine years but because of you know sentence minimums and gun enhancements and stuff like that um because obviously when you shoot somebody there's a gun involved right (laughs) so um the gun enhancement itself was 29 to life so that's what i'm doing over the summer um which we'll get into later in the podcast but just to answer the question um um, that's some of what i've been doing and a lot of not reading and um not doing what i'm supposed to yeah you're working on your thesis right every time i feel like i I check in with you you're saying that you're working by not working on your thesis. (laughs) I posted a picture of myself on a hammock drinking a Modelo and reading a book, and then I was like working on my thesis, and everybody's like, I want to work on my thesis the way you work on your thesis. (laughs) Exactly. I remember that. Um, But, okay, so you want to get into today's episode, who we have today? Yes, you can go ahead and kick us off. Okay, so like Lily was kind of explaining briefly, um, 
David Diaz, his case, David was just 19 years old when the LAPD squad arrested him for attempted murder from his home. Uh, Remberto, which is a victim of the shooting, has always, including to this day, declared David's innocence. The key witness of the case has since also declared David's innocence. Yet David is still locked up, serving tw- uh, 28 year or 38 year to life sentence. 37 to life year sentence wow today we have his mother Yolanda and his wife Lydia with us to share his, his story their story and help us better understand this horrible situation welcome thank you for being here thank Today's- you my name is Yolanda Diaz the mother of David Diaz I still to this day I will never forget how they stole my son from my home and uh, how they they tore down uh, my apartment. I was uh, taking a shower when I heard the little dog barking and banging and everything. And then all of a sudden I, I see uh, my door open in my restroom and they had shields and they had rifles pointing to me. And they said, get out. And I said, just a minute, I have, I have to put a towel on me. So I had the towel and I they drag me from the restroom to the couch and I see how they handcuffed my daughter. She was only 16, threw her on the couch with me. And then I see my son, they dragged him handcuffed just with his underwear barefooted out the door and I never saw him again. I did see him later, but that's when they stole them from me. It was very traumatic. I'll, I could never forget how they took my son. The worst possible thing to wake up to. You're in, you said you're, on, you're in the shower getting ready. Yes, it was about 6.15 in the morning. Wow. Um, what happened next? Then they, uh, they had us on the couch and searched my whole house looking for a gun. They never found a gun. It just tore my apartment apart and broke my door and after they left within a week my manager told me that I had to move out wow oh my gosh so I had to pay for the door that they the front door that they broke and then I had to move in without within a week oh my gosh and deal with this entire messed up situation that yes. just happened single mom mm-hmm. with a 16 year old and a 19 year old I'm sorry and how did you how did you get through that I, I mean that's a heavy question but I, I I thank God that I I've always had my I work for the county and I just kept going and I'm a single mom and I had to work for my daughter my younger daughter and I put my I prayed and put my head up and I just I never gave up hope and faith. What helped me is that I kept working and I go to on church on Wednesdays and on Sundays. And that has helped me so much. Just get stronger, being closer to God. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, and then I know we have uh, David's wife, uh, Lydia. Hi, um, my name's Lydia Perez. I'm uh, David's wife, but I'm also David's best friend. Uh, We grew up together in Lincoln Heights. I've known David since uh, back in 1996. 
and I have actually been trying to bring awareness to the community and to everyone else um, regarding David's uh, wrongful conviction. Uh, maybe you, you both can fill in the gaps and what do you think is important for people to know about this, uh, this horrible situation? Um, I, I feel that a lot of the stuff that's important to know, um, not just the wrongful conviction, but the type of sentence that was um, that he acquired. Um, he got 37 years to life uh, for attempted murder, um, and he got two firearm enhancements. Um, he got nine years for um, allegedly shooting someone in the leg and 27 years to life for a gun enhancement which is an additional charge that they give you um, according to, uh, depending on your sentence. Um, so right now, uh, David has been, um, is just doing uh, time in prison for a gun enhancement. If he would have never gotten that gun enhancement, David would have um, only done nine years and he would have already been out. And um, that's one of the things that I think is really important. I know there was a bill passed a couple of years, um, mm -hmm. a, about a year ago, um, but it wasn't um, retroactive mm. and it didn't apply to David. Wow. So um, because it doesn't apply to him and, and not just him, but many other prisoners, um, they're not able to get the gun enhancement off. So we have people right now in prison serving time for a gun enhancement and with similar situations as David, where they've already served the initial um, time that they were um, imposed with, like, for, for example, crime, David, right? for the crime, which was nine years. Um, the victim has always stated that David uh, is not the person who shot him. The, the bill that I was talking about was SB 620. So um, right now we're looking into seeing um, if it can, um, it only applies depending on the judge. You can actually um, send an application to a judge and it's up to his discretion if he wants to go ahead and um, uh, drop the charges and just say time served. And it's really up to the judge right now. So that's, the, that's where I'm at right now. I, I really wanna bring awareness to David's case because um, it is a wrongful conviction and not everyone's aware of what's happened to him. And um, I just I just think it's the right thing to do. Well, there's a couple things that I kind of want to touch back on. And I'm hoping maybe you guys, if I get something wrong, you guys can help me out because I just started reading about this earlier uh, recently. Um, but so the, there's a initial charge for the quote unquote crime, right? And then there's multiple enhancement charges that they can tack onto your sentence based on if it's used a gun or if you shot. I read somewhere that somebody got an extra 59 years for shooting through a screen door because that meant that they were shooting into an inhibited building. So that added on. So like you're saying, if, if David were only to be serving the sentence for the, um, the actual uh, attempted murder, it would be like nine years. But because of these additional unjust um, enhancements there's mm -hmm. you know this is there's a lot of other situations where people are sitting in prison right now serving like a five-year sentence um what would be a five-year sentence but now is turned into multiple life sentences because of these ridiculous enhancements is that is that kind of how it works yes that's how it works but i just want to clarify one thing um even the initial charge of, of um, Gilberto being shot in the leg, like even that um, already David is innocent of and he was already wrongfully convicted of. So um, those nine years he shouldn't have even served to have begin with, to begin with, sorry. Um, and then on top of that, he's serving this additional life sentence on just the gun enhancement. It's, it, it, 
it makes no sense. It's unjust. It's unfair. It's fucked up. Um, so, yeah. Yes, Lily. No, yeah, and I think because I, I feel like there's still a lot of people out there who have blind faith in the in the in the the criminal justice system, right? Oh, if you didn't do anything wrong, don't worry, you'll be fine. It's, you know, you just do what you're told, and then they'll let you go, right? But then this is there's this that happens and um it's for many different reasons right like who knows uh what what led to david being singled out you know um i know i read somewhere that the person who the primary witness i think she said was pressured into picking somebody by the by the government or the the i don't know how that works they pressured the uh the girl that was walking with roberto his girlfriend they said, oh, we're not going to let you see Roberto pick somebody out in this folder, like this, uh, like a notebook of, 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 uh, of guys in there. Mm. And since my son's name is a first, like, you know, first alphabets, she just says this one. Yeah. How are you going to know? Right. And, and she just, you know, ran in and picked this one in so that she could see her boyfriend. Yeah, and then later on, even though they're saying, "Oh, never mind, it wasn't that person." David's yeah. innocent. David's innocent. That's a, the mess apart that they need to send somebody into prison to prove to the people that this is working, right? And then another thing, it it happened here in Lincoln Heights. Why would they make all of us go to the Van Nuys court? Right there, we knew they were up to something. Mm. They took. The whole case to the Van Nuys court, and they said some kind of excuse. I can't even remember. So he didn't go to county. He went. No. Wow. They took us to Van Nuys court. Weird. I was gonna say, um, Lydia, did you want to give us like a quick rundown of um of of events of um of the case and where we're at now? Um. Well, I wanted to tell you a little bit about the about um what the conviction and what he was sentenced to. So I'm looking at um at because I I have something in writing. Um, it says attempted murder, second degree, time imposed nine years, gun enhancement, twenty eight years to life, aggravated mayhem, and then they added a gun enhancement to that one, assault with force, likely to cause great bodily injury. That's like if you dismembered somebody. And then they added a gun enhancement to that, assault with a semi-automatic firearm, and they wanted to add a gun enhancement to that. Um, in total, um, he got 38 years to life. And it's just, it, it's just insane the fact that you have all of these things that they're wanting to convict him of, and here you have someone who's 19 years old. Um, the time of the, of the events was um, Roberto was walking with his girlfriend and apparently um, someone got out of a vehicle and um, shot Roberto in the leg. And then um, the pers- um, David was at the movie theaters. Actually, David's mother, um, Yolanda, and David's sister, um, David's girlfriend at the time, and another friend of theirs um, all went to the movies. And 30 days later after... Um, uh, these detectives say, oh, we have a conviction. Someone's already identified you. They go and they pick David up to his home 30 days later. Why? Why did it take so long if you have um, someone declaring and saying, this is the person that did it, this is who did it, and then you have, actually, they say w- there's three witnesses to this, um, to this case. Two of them are accomplices to the crime, and then the other one is Roberto's girlfriend, 
um, who's already stated in court before, it's not him, that's not the guy that shot my boyfriend. Um, and then you have the two other um, accomplices to the crime who were used as witnesses to recant their story later on and say, we were pressured by police. They were um, doing scare tactics, telling us they're gonna take our child away. So since um, the initial key witness had said, um, David was the shooter, they went ahead and they just said, okay, well, David's the shooter. And that's all they needed, huh? That's all they needed. And then um, they go and they pick David up 30 days later. Why? I don't understand why they waited so long. And I'm, I'm angry just like learning about this, you know, recently. And then the more I, you know, I talk to you too, my initial reaction is to get angry and then sad, right? Sadness and then angry. All these emotions mixed up together. I don't know how. Um, I guess we can get to that later. Like, how did you work through these really strong, really uh, powerful emotions that could that could stop you from living your daily life, right? But right. it seems like you, you, you know, your family's been strong, uh, been strong, and kind of used this as like fuel to try and figure something out to get David out. Um, and that's not I, I can't imagine that to be easy. And so I think mm-hmm. I, I think you also deserve um, recognition for that. I, I don't even know how to how to process that right now but i know recently you, there's some big news right that you guys you guys did something recently on in, in the end of july do, do you want to share that uh we uh, in june we um i'm sorry in june in right. june um after the petition was started we uh, did the change.org petition free david diaz um just in case anyone wants to go in there and sign his petition please yes please sign if you follow me on instagram lilybug83 the link is in my bio thank you I'll put the link in the sentences podcast bio too. Thank you. And um, we're at 55,300 um, signatures so far of uh, people coming together, not just from the community, Lincoln Heights, uh, Boyle Heights, East LA. Um, it's, it's nationwide. A lot of people are leaving comments. Um, we were able to notice um, that Remberto's mother, Remberto Preciado, is the victim in this case. His mother signed the petition, and she also left a comment. And when she did that... Um, we reached out to her and we told her um we're trying to get david's sentence commuted and we're gonna go take this to the governor's office and we asked her if she'd like to come with us because we were gonna go to sacramento and she agreed and she's on full support uh we did take it to the governor's office unfortunately the person we were supposed to drop it off to was not there we ended up dropping that off at the mail room and right now we're just waiting to hear word from the governor making sure that he did get the uh, commutation sentence application and that um hopefully they take a look at david's case because we put everything in there together we were very uh fortunate and blessed that um jason hernandez uh put this together along with uh, another um one of his helpers um you would say uh kriti sharma um she's a, a law student graduate law student from texas uh, and we were very blessed that they, you know, um, Jason was formerly incarcerated himself and he is um, God sent to us because when I reached out to him, he was more than willing to help. This whole time he's been helping us. And um, if it wasn't for Jason and people like Lily and other advocates that, you know, help and try to um, bring awareness to all these situations that are happening, not just to David, but to other people, this wouldn't be happening for David right now. So um, as far as myself and Yolanda and our family, we're very thankful for them. We um, we're hoping to hear from the governor. We do know that Governor Jerry Brown is going to step out of office. We don't know who's going to take place after him, 
but um, I'm hoping with the petition and all the facts and the evidence that we bring forth to him that he take a look at Davis' commutation application, take a look at his case and um, free him and right this wrong that's been done to him. And then I think, Lily, did you already explain who Jason uh, Hernandez was? Or did you want to... I have not explained who Jason um, Hernandez is. So Jason Hernandez um, was the first Latino under President Obama to have um, his sentence um, commuted to receive clemency. To receive clemency. Oh my gosh, why am I so nervous right now? <laughs> you got this. He's actually the, the first person to receive clemency from the Obama administration. Oh wow. Yeah, not just the first Latino, but the first person in um, December of uh, 2013. Wow, okay. And since then, he's uh, been helping everyone um, that he can through the clemency um, like the format. Yeah, and, okay. and he's been helping people put these together and, and for free. That's what the thing is. Like, I mean, if you want to talk about someone having a full heart and a, and a pure soul, I mean, who better to describe than Jason Hernandez or people like Lily Gonzalez who are, I mean... They're not asking you for anything. They're, this is a passion of theirs, you know, and I really look up to them. I'm so thankful. You know, we've been praying for so long for David and then for, um, you know, the stars are aligning for him, I feel. And, and people like them, it's just amazing. They're amazing human beings. That's yeah, that's that sounds like uh, they're like badasses. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's what that's what we like yeah, to call that's them the, here. The, the better way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> And um, just to give Jason a shout out today, he was um, officially named a Soros Justice um, Fellow recipient. So congrats to him on that. And yes, yes. and um, just to give a little bit more feedback on um, or background to his um, case, um, he was 21 years old when he was arrested and he was serving multiple life sentences um, for drug sales. And he had already exhausted every legal avenue available to him when he um, went ahead and um, wrote to uh, President Obama and and then that ended up happening. So if you Google his name, Jason Hernandez, and then um, you can you can see more of his story. But uh, President Obama was the one that gave him clemency. And ever since then, he's been really instrumental in assisting other people that are also impacted or or um, have been wrongfully convicted um, and are victims of this, you know, shitty ass system that we have. So then Jason uh, got in touch with Lydia, and then uh, Jason was already in touch with Lily. Yes. And then that's when this whole kind of, let's put this commutation packet together, um, kind of started. Is that right? Yes. Jason is definitely the the person who linked us together, even though um, Lydia and David's family were both, were all from L.A. He was the one that looped us all in together, and he told me about... um, David's case and I was like how can I help and this was all through social media so for all of those that see me hella active on Facebook (laughs) um, it's useful it's useful it has been a very useful tool for many of us in this movement and how we've found each other and have been able to connect and network with each other and that's kind of what I was hinting at earlier Um, earlier we were on a phone call with David actually and I'll patch that in at some point in this in this episode Um, and it was great to get a chance to talk to him. And one thing that, you know, like, like uh, Lily mentioned, the social media, there's all this internet. Um, people, I think more, there's all this internet. People on the internet, I feel more and more using it for, um, uh, for social justice work. And I think that is great. And I'd love to see more of that happening. Um, 
I love I love seeing Lily's um, posts about her just working on her on her thesis, hanging out at the hammock. But <laughs> not working on my thesis. Actually, I, I really am working on my thesis. I'm I'm just kidding. I, I am I'm reading a lot. So I'm currently reading um, Dylan Rodriguez. So just FYI, you don't have to justify. It's okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think that's that's interesting. That's great to hear that that's how y'all got connected, and then this is a result of that. Um, and I don't know how what so that was a good timeline right so we jumped from him actually getting um, arrested and then fast forward uh, to now where we're here there's this change.org petition his commutation packet was just submitted um, you guys personally submitted that what 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 made you decide to do it in person versus mailing it in whose idea was that well it was mine um i um wanted to record it with my cell phone of course and i wanted i have a facebook for him um it's uh david diaz um and he also has a page it's called um i am david diaz i am innocent and the reason why i did that was because i do feel like uh, social media is a really large platform uh where you can reach out to many people and i feel as if though um it was initially just gonna be yolanda and myself dropping it off but once we noticed that Roberto's mother um signed the petition and left a comment she and she was willing to come with us um we had like we were just you know it was amazing just how everything was happening and we told lily and lily was able to get um univision involved and univision wow. went ahead and recorded us um you know there is a journalist called um isaias alvarado i um he's a really amazing uh journalist for univision he's the one that actually made the first article for david back in 2017 he went to go visit David in prison. Um, he spoke to David and he did a small article for him. Um, a year later, um, you know, I'm, I'm talking to David and I have this petition going and I said, um, let me call the journalist. And, you know, I'm, I'm just knocking on doors. So for everybody that um, is in a similar situation as, as we are, um, don't give up. Don't put all your eggs in one basket knock on doors ask don't be afraid to ask don't don't be embarrassed because i know some people you know people that aren't aware of this situation you know they might look down on you but you know i i didn't care i'm like let's do this you know let me knock on doors let me ask people i'm not afraid you know i, I grew up in lincoln heights and I, I i know what it is to to you know to be looked down upon and, and and to be poor and broke and so i didn't care i was like you know what i'm gonna knock on all these doors and one's bound to open and you know lo and behold i have all these doors opening and i call Isaiah Salvarado and he's like what do you mean you have this petition going what do you mean you have 20 30 40,000 signatures he said you know what let me update his um his article and I was like what and he says yeah when you get to a certain number of um of signatures and you have the commutation packet done you know let me know I let him know um he does a new article for him and then now Univision wants to record and they wanna they, they they we flew out to Sacramento, they recorded us in the airport, they recorded us dropping it off and you know, it's just amazing everything that's happening. But like I said, it just started with social media and knocking on doors and I'm just amazed that um we were able to get connected with so many people. So this is where we're at now with that. And all that exposure that you're getting, right? From yeah. the, from him and from uh, and the support, you right. know, I, you know, David was amazed when I was telling him the updates. He's all like, do people actually care? And I'm like, yes, they do. And and, you know, I don't know if you noticed, um, if you pay attention, David never used to stutter. So um, he stutters more than that. 
So I know he was trying really hard not to stutter. And um, I know he was really nervous when he called. So it's, it's just really hard for him to articulate tell. a That's sentence. Wow. You know, it, it's, it's you know, the first time I went to go see him, it was it was heartbreaking. I, 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 I saw how he was dehumanized. And that's just, it just spiked the drive in me where I said, I'm going to help him. I can't leave him here. That's my friend. And, and, and we grew up together and I just can't do this. Um, and, and just so you know, like that, the, the prison system is, is designed to do that. It's yeah. designed to dehumanize you, to strip you of you, hum, your, your humanity, um, to take all of those things away from you, to um, put you f- as isolated away as you can um, and just really box you in and break you down um, it is designed to do exactly that so when we talk about how the system is flawed no the system is not flawed at all it is working exactly as it was intended to do yeah. Yeah. it's working perfectly for those who it was designed to work for right and i like how you put it you know it's it's hard right to be shy to to i, I don't i'm afraid to ask for help i'm afraid to knock on these doors when you were saying that, all that was going through my head was like, well, the cops weren't afraid or embarrassed when they were knocking down your door. Yeah. They weren't af- embarrassed when they were, you know, um, and disrupting your morning routine and, and stole your son away. And so I think that is also something to like, you know what, if we keep being afraid, it's going to be a lot easier for them to keep doing this. But bring in cameras, bring in journalists, bring in, you know, radio shows, bring in all this attention, bring in uh, those petitions. Like that's all the light that they don't want, you know, on uh, or people that aren't used to on certain cases and so you know this is this is really important right to have all this visibility all these eyes looking on governor brown on david on what's going to happen next who what are they going to do because then they get they they're held accountable for you know how a lot of times people now have their cell phones and record all people you know calling the cops on them or whatever this is just one big cell phone that we have pointed toward the white uh the white house and uh, the capital right now, you know, California capital. So this is, this is hard work. I'm not going to, you know, I can see it. This is a lot of work, but I want you to know that this is, you're holding the biggest cell phone camera right now towards Governor Jerry Brown. And I think that's really important. So what's the next step? What do you, what do, what, what do you do after you just wait for them to confirm that they received it? Um, the commutation packet, is that the case? Um, I'm, I'm hoping they, um, they don't just deny it because they can deny it or um they can review it and then they decide so um how long does that usually take do you have an idea of what i have no revision? idea i've never um followed through on that i don't know i was just initially my my whole thing was um when i started the petition you know once you're gonna start something like this i'm like okay let me study on all this let me find out what's going on let me see let, let me get facts let me get information let me let me see who knows what and um i noticed in a, in a lot of uh, governor jerry brown's um um, commutation or clemencies or, or pardons, he was stating that a couple of people had a, a petition going and 5,000 people signed, 4,000 people. And in his letter, he's saying, you know, this person had so-and-so and they got f- um, 5,000 signatures. But, you know, um, with David's, the, the situation that's different between David and all these other people's cases is that they all said, yes, I committed the crime. I repent. I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry about it. I've, you know, I've, I've changed. I'm a new person. I've rehabbed and I am I'm, I'm not the same person as before and I people do change you know and, and I, I I'm like yes yeah. so Governor Brown says you know this person seems like they've served a certain amount of years I'm gonna go ahead and commute their sentence they have this many signatures from the community um, and I'm like okay so I said hey well maybe if I start a petition for you and we get 5,000 signatures added to your um, to your commutation application maybe we can 
get you know get heard but it didn't turn out to be five thousand it's five fifty five thousand three hundred to date and i'm i'm saying you know if if governor brown sees that you know and he was basing and people's other commutations on the fact that they've served a good amount of time david's case is very rare you have the victim saying he didn't do it you have the key witness saying she was um pressured and um she was um getting all these scare tactics by the police to tell her you better choose someone Mm -hmm. and then you have the two other um accomplices to the crime who recanted their story and then um saying it wasn't him um they forced us to say it was him and you have all these people saying it's not him it's not him Mm -hmm. what are the grounds for still having david there yeah at the very least let's reopen this case or something you know and it keeps getting denied yeah no it I, keeps getting denied. And you know what? When you were saying that, the reason I think a lot of stories I've heard where people just admit uh, to doing something just because it follows that idea of, okay, sure, fine, whatever, I did it. Then you can listen to me. Then you will listen to my story, right? But, like, this is very important to maintain. Like, I didn't do it. Yeah. I'm going to call you out for putting me in this position doing me wrong like this and putting my entire family. Because that's what people, yeah. you know, forget about. Is that it's not just that one person you're punishing, right? Like there's this entire community of people, uh, and, and this is not an accident. Like Lily was saying, this is a carefully designed system to make people suffer in the most yeah. horrible way. Maybe you can share some of that, um, some of the ways like that you found. Like, I guess we can go back to that idea I had in, earlier in the podcast, where how did you um, find community or build community or get through this really tough time? To, um, together like all these years it's been a, it's been a crazy journey i imagine for for this entire time i would see my son once a month and would help me i'm so glad to have a job uh, as long as i've been at the county for 40 years um what helped me is uh, i would put money in his books and i wanted to make sure that he would eat because i he was skinny for many years many years he's burly within the last three years he gained weight he was tall and very skinny and that made me so sad that i told him but i don't want to bother you mom and that you have to give me money every put money in the books and i said he goes mom you're alone with darlene you don't have dad and and you're just alone paying the rent and everything I said no me I have to sacrifice and um, and I would put money in his books and send him packages I've been doing it for 20 years but what about for each other for you like how do you take care of yourself I guess that's another way of putting it uh, you mean how did how I would would help me is I would I would go to church I would sing, I would cry, lift up my hands. Uh, that's what helped me through all this. And seeing my two daughters get educated and becoming RNs. Oh, wow. That, that, that made me feel so good because their dad wasn't around and I saw all this. And you keep David in the loop, right, of all this stuff? You keep him yes, updated? I, oh, yeah, I let him know. and I always let him know uh, what's going on. And then I know, um, like, Lily sent him some books, but do you guys send him things, that, like, books or things that you ask for, aside from money for food? 
send them packages. Care packages. And then I think, do you read any of the stuff that he reads, Lydia? Like, do you guys read books together sometimes? Or we'll we'll talk about books. Well, um, I I'll normally like I'll send them um, like poetry because he likes stuff like that, and um, we'll talk about like right now we've been talking about the books that Lily sent because I haven't read the new Jim Crow, oh, and he's my. like, "What are you waiting for?" And then I was <laughs> like, "Oh my gosh!" So she told me she'll lend me borrow the book. It sounds like you guys are gonna have like a little book club. Yeah, so you know, a little like the little Oprah thing, you know, and then yeah. I was like. Yeah, we can do that. And um, he's he's I know he stutters a lot and, you know, you can't really get a lot across from him, but he's a very, very smart person and he reads a lot and he studies a lot. So he's you you, you were to think, oh, he's in there just wasting his time. Oh, no, no, he's no, not. No, no. He's studying. He, he, he went to college and he's trying to get all this other stuff. And, and you know, um, he hasn't sat idle in there. He's not just like, OK, he's given up like deep down inside. He says he still has hope he can one day come out. Yeah, and then I think that's still a, you're right. That's still a big popular misconception of people, um, of people in prison that they're just sitting there doing nothing, mm-hmm. and whatever. No, there's like they have options. Kind of, it's of course it's a shitty, horrible yeah. situation, right? But there he is, like taking advantage of these opportunities inside reading. Um, he's a mentor in there. Nice. You know, he has a mentoring class. He does. Um, nice. And he's he's if you get to know him, he's very humble as well. So when you when you're asking, does he ask for stuff? Do you send him stuff? He doesn't want you to send him nothing. His birthday is next week, um, July 24. Um, uh, July 14 was the day of the crime, which was last week. Right. And when he called, he said, you know what day it is today. Right. And he said, yeah, I know what day it is today. And he said, "Um, I don't like this day. And I said, I know, but next week's your birthday, so we'll go see you this weekend. And he says, if it's too hot, I don't want you girls to come because I worry. I worry for you on the road. I worry because it, it, it over there where he's at, he's in Pleasant Valley's um, State Prison. Which isn't pleasant at all. Yeah, there's no pleasant about it. But um, he's in Pleasant Valley, and it gets 105, 110. You know, um, these guys are expected to go out to yard with no shade whatsoever. You know, and they're, you're expected to to work out and you know be out there. And I mean, I guess they call it program. And you know, how do you program in heat like that? You know, um, David's 40 years old. He has high blood pressure. Um, he has thyroid. I mean, he it's it's just and he's gonna be 40 on july 24th and it's just heartbreaking but when you ask does he ask for stuff david will ask you for nothing when i go visit him he just wants water can you just give me a water and if he asks for anything you know you ask me what i want in the vending machine i'll be like can i get those m&ms can i get this because i'm gonna eat you know Mm -hmm. i'm not a salad girl but (laughs) david wants the carrots and the water And uh, when he asked me, he's like, I really like those carrots right there. They look really good. I was like, carrots? What? And then I was like, yeah, yeah you mean carrots. the Snickers next yeah, to Yeah, right? then I was like, no, all that other good stuff right there. And he said, um, no, I, I would really like some fresh carrots. And I'm like, you know, it's just heartbreaking because I'm like, my friend is so humble. Not only is he my husband, he's my best friend. So it's just it breaks my heart because I'm like, wow. Like when people think, oh, prisoners are they're bad people and they're they're not. I have met the most wonderful people in there and the most humble and they're not bad people at all. And that's I, I just want to clear that up because a lot of people have this misconception of them. And there's a lot of really good people in there. 
And also, I mean, this is probably a separate podcast, but there's a lot of people who were um, picked up during this whole war on drugs, war on poverty um, that took place years ago and that are currently doing life sentences that are incarcerated that we see like shitty police work um, that put people in these situations. And then you see the barriers that they have in there and the collateral consequences that happen um, afterwards. And so there's many people that are in there that should not be in there or should not be in there for as long as, you know, we're put in there. Okay. So during, um, so at this point, I think I'm going to play the, the recording that we had and the phone call we had. Okay. Um, and then I, that way we have a little bit more to talk about maybe after, yeah. um, after that. So and hi, David, this is Lily. I'm the, um, I can barely hear you, but hi, Lily. Oh, hi, David. Um, this is, this is, it's Lily. I'm the um, other co-host of, um, of the show. How are you doing? Good. How are you? So talk to us. What did you have for breakfast? Uh, uh, what did we have today? We had uh, uh, potatoes and eggs. Uh, just a little serving, like uh, a rice. Oh, we're here. Oh, okay, we're we're here with your um with your mom and your wife. Oh, your uh, wife. I'm sorry. Uh, just uh, I guess trying to hear about your story. I just learned about your story not too long ago, so I'm I'm kind of um I'm new to this whole situation. Um, what's uh what do you what do you um. I guess, what are you hoping for? Uh, just, just that Governor Brown will just correct this wrong that's been, that happened to me uh, 20 years ago and, and just forgive me. And um, that, that's, that's what I'm, I'm hoping he does. And, you know, just, uh, uh, just release me to my, my family and my wife. And I, I know these calls are uh, pretty short and uh, pretty brief and far in, in, in between, so I want to... I want you to use this opportunity to, uh, you know, send any kind of message you want now that you're on air. Um, anything that you want to share with people, anything you want people to know. Um, the only thing I would like to share is just um, that, that this could happen to anyone. Um, in the 90s, in 1990s, um, there was a lot of things going on and, and um, the police, you know, they were, they were, um, they were going fast and doing a lot of, um, Underhanded tactics to solve cases, and you know I'm not the only one in here that that that, that shouldn't be here. You know that that that's innocent. That that, that this happened to you know, and, and there's other people that that um that are victims uh, right alongside with me. And you know it's it's um it's a it's a it's a scary thing that, that someone's life could just be taken away in, in in a matter of minutes. And and um you know I just uh, I'm thankful that. That, you know, uh, my case is, is, is being looked into finally after all these years, and you know, and, and I'm thankful for the people that are, are that are, are are joining forces with us in this movement. How did this? And, and, and I'm thankful. Yeah. How did this all get started? How did you learn about this process and this possibility, um, and get this whole movement going? Did 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 you have any role in that uh, from the inside? You know what? I I actually I. I didn't, um, my, my wife is the one that, that told me about it. She was like, look, babe, you know, your story needs to be uh, uh, told to people out there in society. So, it, it, you know, so that, you know, um, 
people can actually know what happened to you, you know? And, um, you know, she, 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 I didn't even know it was even possible about the online petition to change.org. Oh, yeah. And, and um, when, when she got that started, and that's a lot of people started uh, reading my, my, what happened to me in my case. And, you know, um, they started contacting my wife and saying, what can we do? How can we help? And um, that's that's how everything got started. Regarding the commutational, um, this this um this newsletter that I get it, it, um, through through this company called uh, uh, the California Electric Newsletter, um, I that's the first time I ever um, probably like uh, like in 2015. Um, that's when I originally um, um, heard about that. Um, I didn't even know it was even possible like to ask the governor for a part like. Like uh, to present my case to them and be like, look, this is what happened, and can you please? Uh, um, well, they they had only told me it was called a pardon, but um, now I learned it's called a commutation. So yeah, um, uh, are you are you kind of creating some sort of community inside? Uh, how does this information get? Uh, I guess how do you share this information with someone who you think is in a similar situation? Um, you know, since, uh, since um, people have seen me in the media, like, uh, 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 like through the, you know, through the, the television, they've been, they've been coming up to me and saying, hey, look, here's my case, you know, like, is there oh, anything wow. that you could, um, um, any, any hints or, 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 I mean, uh, any um, advice you could give me so I could um, um, try to do, it, like, the same thing too, and, you, you know, I, like, I tell them, you know, um, I, I really, I, um, I really, um, I'm not the one that's actually doing everything as my wife as far as like networking and, and, and um, making my case uh, um, known to, you know, uh, out there in society, you know, but um, I, it, it, all, I, all I do is, is, is just uh, um, um, advise them to go to the law library and, and read up on the computation process. I think you and, you... and see if there's anything that, uh, um, that they can learn from right there, you know? Yeah, and I think you're a good example of that because you've been you've been pretty busy, right? I know you got a uh, you've been reading up on law. I've read somewhere. Yeah, I I I I've, um, I I took a, a, a class on, uh, on on how to how to find, read, and use the law. And um, I've worked in the law library right here, so I'm, I'm pretty familiar with with how law library operates and runs in here. And then, uh, I, you know, um, like when I when I actually talk to somebody, I, I do tell them like the like pretty much um, um, step by step on, on on when they get there, like what I what I ask for and the form that they gotta use and and uh, nice. like as far as um like um like doing the online petition and and like networking, like I, I can't really um tell any I don't I don't even know how to really work a computer or nothing really, you know, like as far as like how they how they goes, you know. Yeah. So, and then uh, I I know I heard you got a couple of interesting books sent to you. Any woke books that oh, you're reading? Yeah. <laughs> I got uh, the No Jim Crow, and I got um um I, I have a um, um I've been getting some books um 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 some um, some lady but um one of the, the people that are, are have been um involved in my case. Her name is Lady Gonzalez. She's been uh, sending me some books and. It, it's 
it's uh, it, 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 um, it makes those, um, it makes people in here that come to the system, like it, it sends us back even further. You know, our, our rights to vote are taken, and like in my situation, even though like, like if Governor Brown commits my sentence, um, I don't know um, uh, how like like if, if I'm gonna be able to vote or or you know what kind of jobs I'm I'm not gonna be able to get, you know, and even though. None of this should have even came my way, you know. I, I still have that stigma, you know, of of, of, of coming in prison and, and being paroled. No, yeah, well, there's, there, that's, that's kind of what I'm interested in is uh, collecting all these, uh, you know, organizations and people trying to help uh, formerly incarcerated folk. Uh, find jobs and get back into society and, and job training and education. There's a uh, there's a lot more resources I think than people know about. It's just a matter of finding, let, letting people know what they are, where to find help. So um, yeah. I want to let you know that that you know as soon as you're out, I think it's not going to be as difficult. Um, I think you have a good network of people out here helping you out, um, and I'm happy to help too in any way I can. Um, Lily's here, and then of course your wife and mom. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely understand that kind of worry that that someone might have. Um, but yeah. But there's there, there's ways for you to um, get jobs and training and whatever you need to help reintegrate. So so that's something that I hope you don't worry too much about. Um, we got you, David. Thank don't you. trip. We got you. <laughs> okay, thank you. And it really means a lot, you know. And um, you know, I, I, I know. Um, you know, I, I'm, since I've been in here, I've become um, um, closer to God and. You know, I, every day I, I pray to him, you know, and, and you know, I, I, don't, I can't explain why this came my way or why things happened, you know. And, um, you know, to this day things are, are, they continue to happen, you know, good and bad, you know. And, you know, I, I, I just try to, um, I try to, you know, not lose faith and, and not lose hope and, and try to, you know, like, um, you know, just one day getting, getting my freedom back. It, it, it hasn't been easy, but, you know, I, I've had my mom by my side, my family, and, and uh, um, now my wife, you know, you know, I recently got married to her, and... Yeah, congratulations, and, 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 I just read about that. Oh, congratulations, I recently learned that you just got married, right? Yeah, you know, that's something I, I never even uh, got that chance to even get married, you know, uh, uh, and uh, now that I... I'm yeah, and I think yeah, I'm just here to share the story. Uh, I just kind of got involved um, recently, but I, like I said, I'm, I'm willing to help in any way I can um, and then kind of connect people with different net resources and stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I, appreci- yeah. I appreciate you sharing and calling in. I know, uh, I know that's okay. hard. years, my case has been, you know, building upon one, uh, um, 
one thing after another, and you know, it, it, it's it's all documented, you know. Um, you know, the victim, you know, uh, throughout the whole my my entire uh, imprisonment, he's always said I didn't shoot him, and and you know the uh, other people have said the, um, to this day, all all witnesses in my case have, have said um, it wasn't me, and you know, and year after year, you know, having that, you knowing this, and and. Having those people have said that, and I'm, I still find myself right here. It, it does, it does do something um, inside for me, you know. But you know, I, um, like I said, you know, um, through my faith and you know, through through um, my wife and my my mother's love, you know, um, uh, I, I, it hasn't broken me yet, you know. One thing I've noticed, and, um, one thing I've noticed with the um, with the uh, internet, I think more and more people are using it to. Uh, circulate information and uh, bring things out in the open that were sometimes often not and so I think like there's another podcast that uh, investigated um, this is not what we're doing right but there's another podcast that investigated in, uh, a, a case yeah. and um, they, they, the guy ended up getting a resentencing but I'm gonna let you guys say bye because I know the call's ending thank you so much David okay Your mom's here. You want to say hi real quick? Hi, David. I love you, Mio. I'm right here. I love you, Mom. I love you, Mom. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll stay strong. Okay, Mom? Okay. okay. You I'll hang in there. Okay. Okay. Okay, Mom. Okay. Okay. We love you, okay? Yeah? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. And I'll... Uh, I'll, I'll try to sign up again, and I don't know what they're going to do for what I'm not doing, although, you know, there's a modified program. Okay, no problem. So, because there, there's something happening, so I don't, I don't care. Okay. But I love you, okay? We love you too, okay? Okay, thank you. Okay, you too, bye-bye. Okay, bye. Lockdown, lockdown, lockdown. stuttering he wasn't talking he was looking at the floor and I'm trying to do eye contact with him because um, I'm trying to look at him and he wouldn't look at me and I was just like well I didn't do no my peine or I didn't comb my hair or what you know <laughs> and I was like what's wrong with them and and finally when I was able to get him to look at me he kept looking down at the floor and and it was just I thought maybe something's wrong so we went outside and you know we walked around they had like a little small patio inside and we walked and i was asking him questions and he was stuttering and he couldn't talk and i asked him if he wanted water i bought him water you know his whole jaw is just trembling and i'm looking at him and i'm like he wants to cry you know and and i'm the same person he knew when we were younger but he's not the same person and when i say they he's been dehumanized i mean that's exactly what he's been and i bought him water you know, um, I'm like, I mean, you know, I'm ready. I'm like, get anything you want. Like, I'm like willing to like, you know, to me, this is like, um, I'm willing to buy anything you want in here. And he just got a water. Our first, second, third visit, I just want a water. And he was drinking the water and he was shaking so bad. Like, it just fell on him. And he dropped the cap and I'm trying to help him. And it was just a really horrible visit. He got his anxiety. He started shaking. He couldn't breathe. I was like, should I get the COs? I mean, what's going on? Do you need paramedics? And, you know, he's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. But I just stepped back and I just let him have his space and his time. And 
I got angry inside of me. I got angry and I says, this is wrong. Like, first of all, this guy shouldn't be in here. And second of all, like everything that's happening to him, his feelings, David was not like that when he was younger. When we were teens, David was so social, so friendly. You know, he was a guy that, you know, um, you can go to and ask anything and he's not going to shoo you away. We lived in um, Lincoln Heights and the area we lived in was gang infested. You know, you go left, there's gangs. You go right, there's gangs. But David always was a happy guy. And now he's somebody different. So when I hear him stutter, when I hear him calling, and when I hear him, you know, there's days where he's he's in a good mood. There's days where he's sad. And it just breaks your heart because at the end of the day, it's a wrongful conviction. And I, 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 I sit there and I think, I wonder, like, you know, because, you know, we all have a conscience. I wonder, like, what are all these cops thinking or is detectives or um, anyone that was um, a part of this wrongful conviction? How do you sleep at night? You know, how do you how do you go on? You know, you, you think back and you ask them, I remember 20 years ago when you convicted this guy. How do you feel about it? Knowing that it was till this day, he, he still maintains his innocence and he's still saying and everyone's still saying he's innocent. Everyone involved in this case. And, you know, how do you how do you collect your pension and how, or how do you collect your check every month? You know, and I, I just think, why? Mm-hmm. Why? Why do that? You know, get your job and do it right. And that's it. But don't do that to people. We're, we're human. I don't hear a lot of stories of, of um, like what happens after someone who's been wrongfully convicted when they get out. What, what happens? Is there like, can you sue? Can you like, there's no follow up in that situation. There's nobody necessarily like those people that made the decision to put someone behind bars wrongfully. There's nobody, there's no personal accountability. And is that, is that how it works? I don't know. I'm not necessarily um, sure how that um, for the record, I'm not an expert in anything. Um, just FYI, <laughs> I am formally incarcerated and I am directly impacted myself, but I am not an expert. So um, I have seen cases of people that have been wrongly convicted. For example, the case of Frankie Garrillo, um, who was wrongfully convicted uh, mm-hmm. during the same time. And, you know, looking at his case and looking at David's case, there's lots of similarities there. Um, and I do know that there was a, a huge, um, the largest L.A. County payout um, for his case, which I believe was $15 million. He currently sits on the board of the Anti-Recidivism Coalition, last time I checked, um, from what I remember. And um, he's also very active um, in the community and assisting people that were formerly incarcerated. So that's one person that I know of that is also very, um, whose story got um, lots of coverage. And um, I do, like, you can, you can just Google, like, LA, LAPD wrongful convictions. And there's, um, I read earlier that LA County um, City Council paid out, um, it was a 24, $24.3 million payout for wrongful murder convictions. That's just in the city of LA. <laughs> That's, I'm sorry for using you as Google. I, know. <laughs> I always look at Lily, like, Lily, what's the answer? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not an expert, but um, yes, I'm not no. an expert. No, but that's 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 another point, right? It's expensive to admit that you were wrong. Yeah. There's another reason why there's all this pushback and there's all these systems to make sure that no, whoever's behind bars should be behind should bars. Stay Trust there. me. Trust me. No, believe me, right? And like no. Manny Medrano shouldn't have been in this case. Yeah. I'm sorry. Who was that? Okay, I, in my son's uh, case, one of the jurors was Manny Medrano. He was not only a newscaster; he was also a prosecutor. He is a lawyer in Pasadena, and um, it two was it two ladies or one lady that were saying um, uh, not guilty, 
well, he went to the judge and 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 uh, told, let's re uh, get these two ladies out that are saying not guilty, and put two alternates, and made wow. my son guilty. Wow. And then, when 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 they sentenced my son, I remember I got up and I told my two daughters I was hanging on to them, and I told them, I need air. I I'm I'm gonna pass out. So they. One one had my arm, one in each arm, and we ran to the restroom. And the two ladies that they had removed, they hugged me, and they said, "We know your son is innocent. Let's pray." And I was like, I was like fainting. I remember I was fainting, but I remember how beautiful they prayed. I'll never forget that. That is ridiculous. And uh, about a, I think it was about a year ago, I was, um, we were at Homeboy Industry, and um, my, my, uh, I was getting there. My daughter had just got there, and I got from work, and she goes, Mom, hurry, let's eat. And so I, I and she, then she calls me. She goes, are you parking? I said, yes, Mia, I'm, I'm here already. And she says, guess who's here? And I said, who, Mia? She goes, Manny Madrano. The, the guy that uh, uh, had, he was like the leader of the jurors that convicted my brother. And she says, I'm going to go up to him. And I said, oh, my goodness, Mia. And she goes, yes. And she did go up to him. And uh, she says, uh, I know who you are. And, and she goes, do you know who I am? I'm the sister of my brother, David Diaz, the one that's still in prison, the one that gave, got 38 to life. Do you remember? Do you remember? And he was like, ah. Uh, she goes, with with uh, Judge Bigelow? Don't you remember? And then he goes, yes, I do remember. She goes, I've been keeping up with you because you live in Pasadena, and I also live in Pasadena. And I, I know you have a son that goes uh, goes to Loyola. And uh, wow. she named a couple of uh, nice schools that they go to. She says, I, I keep up with where, what you do and what where your son's at. But you know what? My brother's still there. And guess what? My, my mom, let me call her because <laughs> she's right here. She just parked and she's about to come in. And sure enough, she goes, Mom, Mom, come here. And I go, yes, mija. She goes, look. And I looked at him, and I couldn't look at him. She goes, Mom, this is the guy that that pumped all the jurors and, and put my brother away. And um, and she goes, tell him how you feel. And, and, and I, I looked at him, and I couldn't talk. I, I tears were just coming down my face and you know what he said he says I'm sorry he goes I'll, I'll let me do something here's my card call me and did you know we called them the next day the next week he never received our phone calls mm. he didn't want nothing to do with us that was just I don't know if it was his guilt but he never wanted to talk to us. 
but he he's a prosecutor and he was Channel 4 News, Manny Medrano. Um, he shouldn't have not been in my son's case at all. We're running out of, we're, sorry, we're running out of time. So I kind of want to uh, wrap up a little bit. But before I do, um, I just want to give you all an opportunity to maybe if there's any upcoming events or announcements on the case or anything that you want the listeners to uh, know about. If you follow his page on social media, please just share it. Hashtag um, Free David Diaz. Um, continue to share his post, sign the petition if you haven't. We really want to get um, media attention and um, highlight the, the David's case and um, hopefully bring him home very soon. So next birthday, we'll be drinking micheladas and eating tacos at one of these taco trucks out here. That's Yeah, That's. do you guys have any plans? for What, what are some of the plans that you're willing to share with the listeners <laughs> after he gets out? A carne asada, something? <laughs> I want to... I want to take him to the beach. Oh, yeah. Just so he could smell the ocean, hear the waves. Because that's what I do on Sundays after church. I like looking, smelling the ocean, and I meditate and I pray. That's what I love doing. And I would love to take my son with me. How about you, Lydia? Um, You know, because of everything that I've been aware of and not just because of his case, but because of everything I've learned and I've just I've talked to him so much about, you know, there's other people like you and, you know, there's always a, a series of events that takes place. And, you know, you know, Jason Hernandez and Lily and everyone else that's getting involved, you know, um, in in David's wrongful conviction, I I told him and we've discussed this and he's like, you know, um, when I get home, I want to I know there's other people in here like me and I want to help them. I want to I want to help them because if you know, you guys were willing to listen to me, I can't just leave here and, and not do nothing about it. So um, his hopes are to also help other people that are uh, wrongfully incarcerated or even just these crazy sentencings that they get, that they're getting. And he wants to just bring awareness, you know, all these gun enhancements and all these other laws that are getting passed. But, you know, initially people started them because there's all these people in prison that have these sentences and then you pass the law, but they're not retro. So then you know what happens you know so he wants to bring awareness to that as well because if they were to retroactivate it david would have Mm -hmm. been free already he's serving life in prison right now for a gun enhancement to a gun they never found for for a crime that he did not that he did not commit yeah so that that that's our point right there to just you know so if you have if you haven't signed our uh, petition please do so i know um it sounds like fifty five thousand three hundred signatures is a lot right now but um i know there's more people that can sign it and i'm in hopes that when governor jerry brown receives it he's gonna log on and there'll be a hundred thousand signatures and you know then what Exactly. And I, I think, uh, thank you again. And we'll put a link to that change.org petition on our bio for the for this episode. And we'll put the links also in the information in the description for the Facebook page. And then there's another page that you there's want. There's an Instagram. It's at, at Free David Diaz. At Free David Diaz. Okay, so we'll go ahead and link all those in the description. And then um, just to spell it out, it's Free, F-R-E-E, David, D-A-V-I-D, and then Diaz, D-I-A-Z. Perfect. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, uh, my co-host. And thank you, Lydia and Yolanda. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your story. And uh, so before we head out, I want to remind listeners to um, 
subscribe and if you have any questions or concerns um or any suggestions for future episodes go ahead and send them to sentencespodcast at gmail.com like us on instagram at sentences podcast and um yeah till next time this is alfred and this is lily bye bye bye